Hello and welcome to The Wanderer, the Anglo-Saxon heathen podcast. Religion in the Anglo-Saxon kingdoms. From paganism to Christianity, we explore the religions of Anglo-Saxon England. Religion in Anglo-Saxon kingdoms. From paganism to Christianity, we explore the religions of Anglo-Saxon England. The Germanic migrants who settled in Britain in the 5th century were pagans. From the end of the 6th century, missionaries from Rome and Ireland converted the rulers of the Anglo-Saxon kingdoms to a religion, Christianity, which had originated in the Middle East. The conversion to Christianity had an enormous social and cultural impact on Anglo-Saxon England. With this religion arrived literacy and the writing of books and documents. The vast majority of the manuscripts which survived from this period were made by churchmen and women, and they were kept in the libraries of monasteries and cathedrals. Anglo-Saxon Paganism The earliest English speakers were pagans, who worshipped many different gods and supernatural forces. Little is known about Anglo-Saxon pagan practices, and the evidence has to be pieced together from the place names and archaeological evidence. As far as we know, Anglo-Saxon pagans did not rely on written texts. Those writings that do describe pagan customs in the early Anglo-Saxon kingdoms were written by composed by churchmen, such as Bede, who died in 735. Bede's descriptions of temples, priests and the various pagan gods seem to be based on Greco-Roman mythology rather than first-hand experience of Anglo-Saxon paganism. The conversion to Christianity. Christianity was introduced to Britain during the Roman period. The first Briton to be considered a saint was Alban, a Roman soldier who was martyred around 303 after the eclipse of the Roman rule. English-speaking pagans came to dominate southern and eastern Britain, but communities of Romano-British Christians survived, especially in the West. They included St. Patrick, who was born in southwest Britain in the late 4th or early 5th century, and Gildas, who probably wrote the ruin of Britain in the 6th century. According to Gildas, the Britons had been defeated by the Anglo-Saxons because of their leaders were not sufficiently devout. The rulers of Anglo-Saxons began to be converted to Christianity from the end of the 6th century. This process of conversion is the subject of Bede's ecclesiastical history of the English people. Pope Gregory, 590-604, sent a group of missionaries to the Anglo-Saxon kingdoms, led by Augustine, who became the first Archbishop of Canterbury. They arrived in Kent in 597 and converted King Aethelbert, died 616, and his court. Irish missionaries also helped convert the Anglo-Saxons to Christianity. In 635, King Oswald of Northumbria died, 642, invited the Irish monk Aidan to become a bishop in his kingdom. Aidan had been based at the monastery on Iona, off the coast of Scotland, which had been founded by St. Columba. In Northumbria, Aidan established a monastery on the tidal island of Lindisfarne, close to the royal centre at Bamberg. This Irish influence can be seen in the insular cultural zone that emerged across northern Britain and Ireland. Metalwork and manuscripts created in these regions used similar artistic motifs and scripts 
Some of the most popular or spectacular examples of this insular star are the pages of abstract decoration found in gospel books such as the Book of Durrow, the Lindisfarne Gospels and the Otho Corpus Gospels. The Anglo-Saxons were attracted to Christianity for a variety of reasons. It is perhaps no coincidence that some began converting to Christianity at the time when larger kingdoms began to be formed. Christianity brought with it access to writing technologies, such as Latin alphabet, we still use today, and the Latin language itself. Kings used these writing systems to create written law codes and charters to transfer rights and property. The conversion was also influenced by political connections. Ethelbert was married to Bertha, a Christian princess from the area around Paris, and there were many cultural, social and political exchanges between the Anglo-Saxon kingdoms and Christians in Ireland. The conversion of the Anglo-Saxons to Christianity was not straightforward. After some Christian rulers died, they were replaced by pagans. Some leaders adopted certain Christian customs while retaining pagan practices. According to Bede, the 7th century King Redwald of East Anglia had a temple which contained both a Christian altar and a pagan idol. Several decades after Augustine's mission, church structures in the Anglo-Saxon kingdoms were still developing. The Archbishopric of Canterbury, the administrative centre of the church in Anglo-Saxon England, was vacant for five years in the 660s. At the end of that decade, only three bishops were in post in England. The church was restructured by Archbishop Theodore of Canterbury and Abbot Hadrian towards the end of the 7th century. They organised the territory ruled by each bishop and they set up regular church councils. Religious life in early Anglo-Saxon England Early Anglo-Saxon church was structured around archbishops, bishops and monasteries. Groups of churches were governed by bishops and archbishops. Sometimes leading churchmen would come together in councils to agree legislation and make collective decisions. The first archbishop in England was based at Canterbury and another was established at York. These archbishops were powerful political as well as spiritual figures. Archbishop of Jambert of Canterbury, who died in 792, issued coins in his own name. When King Offa of Mercia needed an archbishop to consecrate his son as his successor, he persuaded the Pope to create a new archbishop based at Lichfield, firmly within the Mercian heartlands. The Archbishop of Lichfield was abolished after Offa's death, but this incident underlines the importance of archbishops in Anglo-Saxon society. Monasteries also played an important role in Anglo-Saxon England. They developed first in North Africa and the Middle East and spread to Europe under the influence of figures such as St. Martin, Bishop of Tours. In the early Anglo-Saxon period, there were many different types of monasteries. Many followed rules and had been created by their founders. Some monasteries housed only men or women. Others, such as Whitby, housed both monks and nuns. Anglo-Saxon monasteries were centres of education. Those at Canterbury and at Wormouth Jarrow in Northumbria had internationally renowned schools. They produced stunning manuscripts and were economic centres as well as centres of healing and medical knowledge. 
some ministries and churches also claim that the relics they possessed offered healing powers. The relics of saints were kept at shrines. One important Anglo-Saxon shrine was that of St Cuthbert, which was initially kept on the island of Lindisfarne. St Cuthbert and other saints such as Ethelrith attracted devoted followings because their bodies did not appear to decay. This was seen as proof of their holiness and power. Anglo-Saxon pilgrims also travelled to shrines further afield, such as Rome. Some Anglo-Saxons who wanted to devote their lives to God became hermits, living alone, far away from other settlements. St Cuthbert was himself a hermit for many years on the island of Inner Fame. Before he became a bishop, Cuthlac became a hermit in Mercia. Powerful people sometimes sought their advice, with both Cuthbert and Guthlac being asked to advise members of royal families. Changes in the 9th and 10th centuries. Church structures in the Anglo-Saxon kingdoms underwent major changes in the 9th and 10th centuries, just as the kingdoms themselves were being transformed. During the 9th century, life at many monasteries seemed to have been disrupted and many bishoprics in northern and eastern England were abandoned as those kingdoms were attacked by Viking raiders. One of the first recorded Scandinavian raids was an attack on the monastery at Lindis Farm in the 790s. As these attacks intensified in the 9th century, the community of St Cuthbert left Lindisfarne, taking their books and the relics of St Cuthbert with them. They settled at various places in the north, including Chester Le Street, before eventually settling at Durham in 995. In the south, standards of Latin learning were declining, even before the Viking attacks intensified. But later church reformers asserted that their churches had been harmed by interference from English noblemen, rather than the Vikings, alleging that they tried to siphon off the church's wealth. A major transformation of the most prominent churches in England took place in the second half of the 10th century. Before that time, cathedrals and major monasteries were staffed by secular clergy, who could own property, marry and follow a variety of rules governing how they should live their lives. From the mid to 10th century, church reformers began to promote the rule written by an Italian monk, Benedict of Nursia. The English church was reformed by monks who were inspired by the changes seen on the continent during the reigns of Charlemagne and his successors. They sought advice from powerful monasteries on the continent, such as Fleury, and they set out to make churches in England more uniform in their practices. These reforms were led by Athelwald, Bishop of Winchester, 963-984, to Dunstan, Archbishop of Canterbury, and Oswald, Bishop of Worcester, and Archbishop of York. Each reformer had slightly different goals. Usually, Ethelwald even insisted that all church men and women, even those who did not live in abbeys, had to be monks following the rule of St. Benedict. Ethelwald and his associates benefited from their close connections to his former student, King Edgar. Most small churches remained unreformed, and even the powerful community of St. Cuthbert were not reformed until after the Norman conquest. The reformers emphasised the importance of education and art, literature, book production and musical composition. Elfric, the most prolific Old English writer, was a reformed monk and student of Bishop Aethelwald, as was Wolfstein of Winchester, who composed poetry in Latin as well as church music. 
Church and laity. During the Anglo-Saxon period, parts of the Bible were translated into English. Bede was said to have been translating the Gospel of St. John into English on his deathbed. The Psalms were translated in the 9th century, as seen in the Vespasian Psalter, while the four Gospels and the first books of the Old Testament were translated and repeatedly copied at the end of the 10th century. The Reformers emphasised the need to preach to the people and to reform society as a whole. A small number of devotional manuscripts can be linked with lay people. The Book of Nunnerminster may have been owned by Elswith, wife of King Alfred of Wessex. In the 11th century, a series of spectacular gospel books with gilded illuminations and jeweled covers were made for Judith, wife of Tostig, Earl of Northumbria. So, that's the end of how Christianity came into the Anglo-Saxon world. Well, thanks for listening to The Wanderer, the Anglo-Saxon Heathen podcast. And if you enjoyed this episode, please tune in next time. And thank you for listening.